0: Hello, folks, all over the interwebs, the internet. It's Mike again and my friend Bo. Once again, we're going to tackle another, another strong and heavy topic this week Star Wars Why We Love It. Enough said. Let's begin. <laughs>
1: The reason why we're talking about this is because it's coming down the pipe here real soon, time flies real fast, and before we know it, the Star Wars movie will be upon us.
0: And we will have an episode seven.
1: Right. So, <clears throat> I know why I like Star Wars. What? What is it? What's your idea? What's your question about this Star Wars topic?
0: Well, seriously, to to begin it, I want to know what makes us like slash love Star Wars so much. I mean, when you break it down, when you get past everything that, you know, you get past that imprint and that childhood love for that first movie. Isn't Star Wars just nonsense, laser swords and space battles with puppets? Yeah, but that's what makes it awesome. But why do people actually like it? What is it? That makes us, t- what, what is it in Star Wars that touches us, that brings us in and makes us like it? I mean, your physics is nonsense. The force is, un- is, is, is unstabilized. Nobody knows what it is, what it does. It's just the force. Um, the puppets sometimes look like puppets. The CG was horrendous in uh, the first three episodes.
1: And um, a lot of older people
0: think we're crazy.
1: Well, not too many older people. Remember, this has been going on for since we were kids, so our parents saw it and liked it. Um, yes. It was popular enough that it spun off three movies just for our parents, and then... When I'm talking older, I'm talking late 60s and 70s. Okay. But, I mean, at the same point, there's even an appeal for them a little bit, I think. Um, if you look at the episodes four, five, and six, it's about this wise old man trying to teach this younger guy about life
0: and The about classic hero's journey is what it was more.
1: Exactly. Like. And.
0: But we've heard the classic hero's journey all the time. I mean, even Beastmaster had the classic hero's journey. Why is Star Wars better?
1: I don't know if it's better. I know it's done really well. Everybody can relate to Luke on some level Han, Leia, even Chewie. Um, <laughs> exactly. Wookiees. The idea that there's a lot of stuff going on around you, this great intergalactic war. And you're sort of this bystander in all of this is an okay, idea, a so concept that we can relate to.
0: So they do get one thing right. They have a vehicle to, dri- to bring a person in who's not familiar with the universe and follow them through Luke and such like that. And he goes on the basic classic hero's journey. And it's it expands into this open Universe with so many concepts that they just drop. The Clone Wars, the Force, you know, the power and and all this other stuff. But all in all, what makes it different from like other cheesy sci-fi that didn't just hit the mark? Did they just happen to catch lightning in a bottle or is there something about Star Wars? Something genuine (laughs) on a psychological level that just hit that generation
1: so solidly. I think there's something about Star Wars. I think it's so simple and so easy to digest. It's not overly complicated. It's not like, uh, for example, Dune, where you need, uh, for the movie Dune, where you had this whole lengthy, you have to read this just to get caught up and understand. It literally throws you right in, right, in, right from the beginning. Um with the conflict of the empire and the rebellion and then princess leia saying i need some help and that's where your jump off is because from that point you realize there's something big going on and somebody needs help and so, it goes
0: right there straight through two other movies to an end with the empire is defeated so that brings up the other question is i mean like the if if one thing the first the 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 the, the prequels taught us whether you like them or not, they weren't generally needed because it wasn't simple. They brought in all this nonsense, politics, and stuff like that, and it was kind of silly. And the special effects were kind of like overdone. Was it? It wasn't needed. So I ask: Is Episode Seven and all the consequent, the, the 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 following episodes that will be coming, needed, or is it just
1: nostalgia that they're buying into? Yeah, I think there's some nostalgia in it, but I don't. I don't necessarily want to get bogged down with episodes one, two, and three because that's, I think, its whole own discussion. I'm, um, I'm just
0: saying as an example, episodes one, two, and three showed us that, you know, did you need, we didn't, you didn't really need that, that the, the, those prequels, four, five, and six was fine. Do we need seven, eight, and nine, and everything
1: else following,
0: or uh, is it just nostalgia that they're okay. cashing in on?
1: Well, consider this, all right? Four, five, and six is where the movies start for the most part, chronologically. Uh, George Lucas was very clear about wanting to do the full story of Darth Vader. That was his deal. That's what he really wanted to do.
0: That's a coming and go thing because some sites will tell you that George Lucas just jumped on that later. Other people will tell you that he's always wanted to do that. George Lucas himself, he wanted to walk away from Star Wars. Not
1: necessarily because in his own words, he wanted to tell that story. I'm basing my statement off of what he has said.
0: Same here. So has he gone back and forth?
1: Probably. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, it's been decades that he's been doing this, so it's probably going to make him a little wishy-washy on how he feels about it. Um, But even if you just say it's just nostalgia, there's also the idea that the story itself is so compelling. The adventure is so fun and enjoyable. The world and the characters are so much fun for us to all uh, be a part of on that ride that even without nostalgia if you sat on just four, five, and six, it's a tremendous movie. It's a tremendous series. Now, it's so strong and so well done that the fans are willing to forgive episodes one, two, and three and look forward to episode seven. Yes, I, I did forgive it. And I that's, did forgive it. That's huge when you consider just how... Uh, volatile uh, a movie franchise can be how vulnerable it can be for a series of bad movies like that or at it's not bad
0: like, but i felt like the prequels hurt me really badly yeah you know, i'm not i agree with you i'm, I'm not
1: gonna say that they're bad i'm gonna say it was very divisive to the fandom in general no, um <laughs> and when you consider that they're able to bounce back from that and go hey guys we're doing episode seven on the fans were like you know what fine I want in on this. I want to see what happens after uh, episode six. I want to see the new generation. I want to see the, uh, the original cast because that's huge, Mike. It's definitely something where. Uh, but,
0: um, but uh, here's the question. Um, did bringing in JJ Abrams and such into this breathe new life into it? Cause um, I once akin to it, the difference to it is like, you felt like the prequels were done by a, a person who lost touch with what he did and J.J. Abrams was a person who was mired in what he did. I mean, some may argue that even his Star Trek movies were basically Star Wars with Star Trek characters. Okay, there's that, and I think Is his new life, what's... Is this new life and energy what, bringing people in and saying, yes, we can believe this?
1: I don't think so. J.J. Um, Abrams is sort of a divisive figure himself for the franchise. Um, he's not... He, he can turn off as many fans as he turns on. Um... So I don't think it's just Abrams. Now, I think we're sort of straddling two ideas here about the cast and the composition of the upcoming movies as well as uh, the movies themselves. So I do want to take a moment to look at the fact that Star Wars is not just looking to do three movies. They're looking to spin this off into five-plus movies. Like there's going to be a movie a year starting December on. So it's not them saying we're just going to do another trilogy. They're right. gonna, this is going to be a one.
0: Wait, wait. There's a movie a year. Wait, yes. okay. I understand episode seven, eight, nine, but you, but they need time in between. What are
1: they going to be doing in between? In between are the anthology movies. Um, anthology. At this point, um, a lot non-episodic of non-episodic movies. Basically. Non-episodic movies. At this point, a lot of the fan base is aware that there's going to be a Boba Fett movie and a Han Solo movie, and quite possibly a Yoda movie in between these movies. Um, They've confirmed Boba and Han? Yes, they've confirmed Boba and Han. But no Yoda? Maybe, maybe not. Um, If they're going to do movie one, anthology, movie two, anthology, movie three, maybe not a Yoda. But they're definitely doing two more movies. So that's at least five. Um, And why they call them anthologies, I believe, is they're sort of a way for people to uh, see the segue, the connection between episode six and the rest of the universe to sort of give that backstory.
0: <laughs> no wonder Boba's getting an anthology movie because he kind of needs it. I know a lot of people like Boba, but to be honest with you, Boba kind of sucks. The only thing he ever did was lose. I mean, he had one job, and that was to find a Han Solo, and then he got segwayed to catching Luke Skywalker, right, basically? And um, he he found um Han, and he called the the second most badass guy in the galaxy to come and get him for him. And then after that, the next time you see him, he's just hanging out forever in Jabba's palace and he gets taken out with a backpack hit and off into the rarest form of defeat in the desert is this one pit of carnivore, the Sarlacc thing. Mm -hmm. And you know, to be honest with you in the expanded universe, he's been in there three times. Yes. times (laughs) He's been in there three times, but a planet of just sand he found his way into the one dangerous pit on the entire planet three times. Okay. Boba needs an anthology so he can be worth a damn.
1: Yes, he he definitely needs some help. Um, a couple of he things. He was so bad that
0: Vader even told him. He he made sure to point out to him no disintegrations as a bounty hunter, dude. If you got to be told, yo, dude, don't completely obliterate the enemy. You suck as a bounty hunter because someone had to tell you not to overdo it.
1: Now, to your point, to your question. And also, um, Don't Boba do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm putting the flag right here. cutting you off. You're done. I'm going to use the force and force choke you while I get my answer out here. Um, okay.
0: Boba Fett sucks.
1: Yes, but like you're he not a big cool, Boba but Fett but fan necessarily. He, and that's no, fun. I
0: actually like Boba Fett. He looks so cool. I had his toy, his 12-inch toy where you could actually look through the back of his head and see through his scope thing. But
1: Jesus. <laughs> here's, here's the deal with Boba. One, Lucas is, is known not to be very, have been put Boba in a very favorable light at all. He didn't really see the appeal of him. Didn't particularly like him. This is, everybody knows this. Um, I didn't, I don't know how Lucas has been pretty clear about eh, Boba Fett, whatever he's not that cool. Um, and why do you make Django? Because the running theory on Django was that he was kowtowing to the fans just a little bit for a Boba Fett like character, which he summarily had beheaded uh, by a Jedi just to prove his point. Um, and have his, well, this is why Boba happened, so there. Um, whether or not that's true or not, it only can be answered by uh, Mr. Lucas. And Mr. Lucas is officially done with the franchise.
0: Well, if he, um, if he wants to come and talk to us, we're more
1: than willing to I, I, I don't know that I, I would be not worried about his security for the questions I would ask. However, <laughs> um, specifically about Boba Fett, the fact that he's been uh, chewed up by the like three times brings up a, a different point, which is they're not saying that Expanded Universe is canon or not. They're saying the only thing that's canon is the three movies – and the Clone War series, I believe, um, and the new uh, Star Wars Rebel series. That's it. Everything else is optional. And what a lot about of,
0: Timothy Zahn's books.
1: And a lot of people got really upset about it. And the, the point that I would uh, reply to them is: just because they said it isn't canon, doesn't mean that they're not going to use it. The reality is, is: as a franchise, they have to, cannot at all say this and that and all the other expanded is canon because it makes their job that much harder.
0: It kind of corners them on what they can do because they have to hold to things. And and just because they say these things aren't canon doesn't mean it isn't already used. Because let's face it, George Lucas made a very large and expansive sandbox for everybody to play with. And these books and novels and comics and especially West End Games licensed Star Wars role-playing game... Filled that sandbox with all the meat and potatoes that is Star Wars today. And to this day, they still used the information from West End Games uh, uh, RPG. Because all the aliens, all the planets, all the cultures, all their names for those things, all the genuine names came from West End Games and licensed, licensed from Lucas And that filled a lot of material. And the writers for all those books used that to make their playground for their novels. We wouldn't even have the name Twielik if it wasn't for those role-playing games. They named everything in those backgrounds and more. Those guys worked hard. Um, Very hard. And they had kind of a free reign for a while. They were like from 84 to 99 they had this stuff. Because uh, they didn't lose it until um, the new, the prequels came out. That's when the license got pulled and it went to somebody else.
1: Well, that brings up another point, which and the new license used them too. which brings up the point, which is Disney owns all the licensing. Um, It's all theirs. Lucas, the The Star Wars franchise, franchise, everything Lucas, Lucas (laughs) films, all of it is, it belongs to Disney. So Disney has been very purposeful about tightening uh, their grasp and their control over what is Star Wars. And for them to say, Boba Fett gets a, uh, an anthology movie is probably a very purposeful thing. I don't because now, they
0: know that people like Boba Fett, and they said, "Hey, we got no problem with Boba Fett being cool."
1: And the fans, I think, again will appreciate that and like that. Now, when you consider that there's all these movies coming out, um, there's this really huge cast because they're bringing new characters and they're bringing back the original cast. So this is going to be big. And it's going to be an awful lot of people. And everybody loves the classic uh, Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, 3PO, R2-D2. Like, all these characters is something that everybody's in love with.
0: How, but how is it looking for the new cast?
1: It's very interesting because um, at Star Wars Celebration uh, out here in uh, California, they, they showed off a clip, uh, the trailer, new trailer and they introduced some of the new cast as well as the original cast.
0: I know about Boyega from attack the block. He was awesome. And I know about, um, the, 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 the actress Daisy and you know why I know about her.
1: Yes. (laughs) Um, John Boyega is going to be playing Finn. Um, Finn may or may not be a stormtrooper. I'm going to go probably, um, And that's where the trailer opens up is on uh, Finn, on Mr. Boyega's character, out in a desert of some sort. And they segue then to uh, Ray, who is the female lead character, uh, played by Daisy.
0: Daisy, what's her full name?
1: Uh, Her full name is Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley? Yes.
0: What a cool name.
1: Um, And then she jumps on our speeder. Um, the the backstory on them is vague but interesting. There was a few more things released about uh, Rid- Miss Ridley's character Ray, that she's some sort of scavenger who lives in a ship graveyard. Uh, she's, and
0: that's not Tatooine, their own. And
1: it's not Tatooine, so they were very purposeful of saying it's not Tatooine because it's very easy for for the fans to go up oh, desert Tatooine. Um, I think they call it Jack, uh, Jacko or something like that, if memory serves. A planet called Jakku. And um, there's all this sort of giant spacecraft all crashed in the background. It's a ship graveyard. And apparently she lives in a uh, broken down uh, AT-AT, which is kind of cool.
0: And AT-AT is the big walking dog. The giant
1: walkers From from Hoth. Yeah.
0: I know this. We over, well, let's specify something that everybody needs to know. There is nothing as far as statistics, information, gun calibers, weapons, and planets that we don't know about Star Wars because we are over, overdone in Star Wars information since we were kids.
1: And we've been, everybody's been getting a lot of information leading up to the first movie, too. So, I mean, there's plenty of stuff for everybody to find. Um, and I think that's also part of why everybody loves it. Um, the bad guy has been uh, called Kylo Ren. Um, he's got a red lightsaber with the cross hilt. He looks really intimidating. And there's really not a lot of information about him. They're very hush hush about it, very purposely, except for how cool his lightsaber looks.
0: Yeah, if people were like mixed on the lightsaber. I thought it was fine. I mean, as. As lightsaber, they're like, functionality, function. It's a freaking laser sword. It has no functionality. It doesn't exist. It's just a mythological sci-fi nonsense weapon. Why do you care about its functionality? It works. These people already can use these things without cutting their own limbs off. That's amazing as it is.
1: Now, uh, also on this list of of new cast members is Poe Dameron, played by Oscar Isaac. Is that the pilot? It is the pilot in the red suit in the X-Wing. Um, people are really excited about him.
0: I actually like him as an actor.
1: Um, he's the best freaking pilot in the galaxy. That was a quote from Star Wars Celebration. Um, so that's going to be really cool. And of course, you know, God, it's X-Wings, dude, seriously. We love X-Wings. Um. The
0: best pilot in the galaxy. Best pilot in the galaxy.
1: I know, like, like, no small shoes to fill there.
0: And you know what's sad about that? hmm just because of us hearing that we know exactly what his die code is in an RPG game <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's I'll, I'll, how bad we are i mean seriously when it comes to geekdom star wars is right like up there it's 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 where we are highest geek and then we we
1: we, we reserve the highest level of geek for star wars and a few other yeah, things it's so we're so bad now but most interesting to me, and I know also to you because I've mentioned this chief before, are some of the less known characters, uh, new characters. Um, but my goodness, that one badass looking silver imperial stormtrooper, that, oh, sh- that yes. shock trooper. Oh, I had, yes, I had goosebumps oh, wait, 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 on my arms wait, wait, wait. just thinking about
0: wait, it. It, it. Captain Phasma, right? Captain Phasma, Captain Phasma. New
1: fan Love.
0: <laughs> right? That's that's Brienne from Brienne of Tarth from Game of Thrones,
1: right? Yes. Um And that's gonna be played by uh Gwendolyn Christie. That's the oh actress's name. Oh
0: my god, because she is Billy Badass. I am <coughs> losing my mind when I when I saw her. It was absolutely I'm like, oh, my God, she looks so Star Wars cool. This is, this is a chrome stormtrooper. Chrome like, stormtrooper. he's yeah! <laughs> I was like, and, you know, then my wife summarily smacked me and said, shut up already. Stop it. You're embarrassing yourself.
1: Just like, sque- just squeeing out like, you know, it's kind of And then squeed. I showed her the image, and she was like, oh,
0: my God, it's so cool. And it was like, squee.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Between the new cast, the original cast, uh, hearing – Hansei, Chewie, we're home. Chewy. And just everybody losing their crown. Home. Um John Williams yeah. coming back and doing the music as only John yes, Williams. Yes, I could lost do it. my
0: mind with all that. I, I really did. It's getting but, it's Bo, just putting goosebumps on my arm right now. I yeah, can't. okay, but Bo, I still had to pull back. I still had to pull back. I still had to get all, all that reserve because that's exactly how I was for Phantom Menace. Yes. Okay. All right, so I backed up after about. Um, an aeon of like, yeah, geek madness. i uh, crying in front of the screen and losing myself for a moment. I stopped and said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. you felt this before. I felt this feeling before. And then I said, wait, do I have a bad feeling about this? I don't, but I'm still cautious. now am still worried.
1: I will say that George Lucas, is, who wrote... Directed episodes one, two, and three, but that are so infamous, really is only on as a consultant. Um
0: It's not, I don't, okay, look.
1: No, no, it's relevant, and I'll tell you why. I, I, this is important. And this is what a it lot of fans know. The most popular of the episodes four, five, and six is Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. That is Although the one the film Dinner. that George Lucas had the least to do with. He had the least to do with the writing and the directing of it. And that's not a knock on Lucas. Lucas can write and direct. He's done. He's done this all. But the reality is, is it's the movies that succeed better are ones which you're able to take, walk away from, and let somebody else, whose only job it is to do that, and it was done really well. Um, Empire, he had the least to do with hands-on personally, and it was the most recognizable most popular over the top of all three and in this case going with that premise that theory that idea because he has only so much to do with the writing and the directing of these movies i think that's another reason why the fans to go back to our previous question the fans are really excited to give somebody else a spin at the helm and look forward to episode seven eight and nine because it's still Lucas's universe. It's still his big ideas. He's the most phenomenal big idea guy in the business. But they're letting other really good professionals go take the movie by the helm and take it in another direction.
0: And that's a good thing. I don't see that as a bad thing.
1: Um, Lucas has said he doesn't recognize this Star Wars. Like, he wouldn't have done a bunch of things that they're doing. And I don't know that that's a bad thing at this point. Um,. Some might take it away in a negative sense, but I think for it to grow and go and move forward, it has to change. Um, for example, the Stormtroopers in this new uh, series, the First Order, they look awesome. I was skeptical at first, but the more I look at them, the more I see them, the more I like it. I'm like, no, it's a progression. It's a growth. Um, it's not yeah, living in um, the past. that's
0: that – because yeah yeah you you mentioned a progression and pro- growth in design and that is a problem i've had with a lot of the previous star wars because a lot of the vehicles and stuff like the the the, the tie fighters and stuff like that from the original from the ridge tridge thank you crack dot com from the ridge tridge a, a ridge lot of the tridge. stuff <laughs> a lot of the stuff from the ridge tridge tie fighters x wings things like that um uh star destroyers you look, and they do it in the prequels, and they have things using those familiar same designs, and they did the same thing in the Knights of the Old Republic. Things have familiar designs, and I, like, where's the progression if everybody keeps rehashing the same old designs? I mean, that was one thing that was different in the comics. Everything moved forward was a new design. Everything in the books was new, move forward, new design. And finally, with, these, with the Seven, it, the Stormtroopers look different. That's a big deal. I mean, they're still using X-wings because, well, you know, they're using the they Ties
1: only, and X-wings, yes.
0: Yeah, because they've only modified past the Z ninety five Headhunter to actually use the model for the actual wings foils to open up, and that was an advancement. That was hard to get by geek cred. That was an advancement to get by, and that's what made the X-wings phenomenal. Because as far as Starfighters go, the X-man, the X-wings, X-man, the X-wings were some of the best Starfighters that they made, allegedly. And, like, while the A-Wings were pretty good, they still were secondary to the X-Wing overall. The A-Wings were just
1: fantastic. But you know me. I'm a TIE guy. Like, the, t- the the silhouette of the TIE is just awesome. I love the you TIE You also
0: tires. like motorcycles, so it
1: makes sense.
0: <laughs> uh, the TIE is a space motorcycle. It's basically an engine. <laughs> and you really fly is. forward with your hopes and dreams and hope you don't get so much as brushed against because those things all, have all, no shit.
1: All the hours I clocked on uh, Star Wars Battlefront flying a TIE and... Trying not to get shot was just fun. Oh, they made them flimsy there too? Yes, they did. Huh. They really were flimsy. X-Wings had all the shields. Um, yeah, because they do. Only the advanced ties have shields.
0: See, geek cred. see, we just know too much. It's just too
1: Now, the, uh, to come back to the First Order and the progression, um, as far as has been said uh, for The Force Awakens, the First Order is a branch of uh, Imperials that have sort of risen out of the rubble, uh, the destruction of the Death Star and the fall of the Empire. And it makes sense from a storytelling perspective that um, when the Empire falls, there's going to be all these different factions to rise up and fill the vacuum.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it shouldn't just be an end. I mean, they even did that in the novels.
1: The Empire mm-hmm. never went away. And this comes back to our point of maybe they'll use some of the expanded universe. Um, the option's always there.
0: Admiral and,
1: Paleon makes an appearance? What? Uh, who knows? Um, but it's cool because, again, they, they look different. Um, it's a very purposeful sort of uh, change and difference to separate them from the original stormtroopers. And they have this cool thing called the Starkiller Base. I'll get back to the Starkiller Base in a minute. Uh huh, see? Yeah, 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 there it is. Um, another major character is going to be General Hux. Uh, General Hux is being played by uh, uh, Domel Gleason. He's a high-ranking military officer of the First Order. Um, and uh, at Comic-Con and uh, Star Wars Celebration, they mentioned that he's going to be sort of like the new Big Bad, the Big Heavy. He's dressed head to toe in black. It's, uh, his office reminiscent of Darth Vader a little bit. Um, he's going to be sort of like that authority, that command, that Big Bad, um, that Palpatine or whoever it is. Uh, in the background, trying to raise the bad guys up and reclaim the legacy of.
0: Well, to be honest, the they could just say the empire, the emperor not dead. I mean, like the, the empire, as it stands, barely saw him anyway.
1: <laughs> That's fair. Um, he's in command of the Starkiller base, so that he might be a moth, he might not. Um, and I like that they remember that there has to be, there should always be some big bad guy. Um, to play but, you off. Know, what
0: of. We're getting off topic here. We still haven't explained, flat out, or figured out why people
1: love Star Wars, bro. I mean, like we No, I, mean, we I think even... no, I think we are addressing it because think about all these new characters. Everybody addressing... is excited.
0: I'm not talking about just this movie, I'm talking about Star Wars in general. Like why we love it. I mean, we're talking about the ingredients and why the the ingredients that leads up to, oh, these are reasons why I personally like it. Or these are little tidbits why it may be liked. But I think intrinsic to all of it is the wide eyed wonderment. When you bring that into Star Wars, when you open up with Star Wars with the, the, the constant juxtapositioning of macro and micro. The constant seeing the wide-eyed open galaxy and the wonderful things or horrifying things that exist there. I think it's a touch upon the primal elements of emotion. Love, hate, vengeance, courageousness. These things that they constantly use. Those moments where, against all odds, you still go forward or you falter. They capture these moments in high-end spectacles That uh, in in backdrops that are beautiful. The same reason why Mass Effect 2 and 3 were so amazing to people was for those reasons. The emotion drives the story. I mean, like I've said, and I'll say this to my end days, the fight between Darth Maul, Ben, and Qui-Gon and all the fights in the prequels compare nothing to Return of the Jedi's lightsaber fight with Vader when Luke just refused to fight and Vader... Pushed him by mentioning his sister, and Luke just lost it. There was so much more there. It was just there was emotional it, game. Yeah, yeah.
1: It was definitely more personal.
0: Yes, um, and that was what was captured in it because uh, that—that's what the, thats what I think was the difference between it and the prequels is because it didn't capture uh, the 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 personal level. There wasn't anything important in any battle. There wasn't. it, it meant nothing. It was and, and it, eventually it did mean nothing because all those battles were faked deceptions made by some great evil guy. And it didn't matter who won or
1: lost. He wins in the end. But at the same time, it still did really well. The fan, a lot of fans still liked it, like despite this idea that for the
0: spectacle, they liked it for the spectacle. There's also the cool element to those movies that they capture. I'm talking about them as a movie. Because a lot of the fans, when you ask them what they loved about it, it looked cool. And that's what it comes down to, the, the, the prequels. They, 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 they looked cool and they were a great spectacle. And that was fun for them. And they saw it when it was
1: young. When they were young. For some. But, I mean, there's still a, a group, uh, a fraction, a partion, partition of that fan base that says, I liked it because it's Star Wars. I liked it because I wanted to see Ben Kenobi and Vader. I wanted to see Vader's story. Um, I thought it was a really cool story. I liked it. it. Like there are people who genuinely like it for all the same reasons that we like four, five, and six. Um, to that point, just is it easy to like because it's very popular because there's so many things. Um, is it it can it stand alone? Like for example, uh, four, five, and six and one, two, and three are. Together but separate in a lot of people's minds and hearts. But you also have the comics, uh, the animated series, the video games. Everybody carves out their own slice of the Star Wars universe that they like. That's theirs. There's a
0: big sandbox.
1: And uh, whether Disney, uh, Marvel is currently putting out the new Star Wars series, which includes uh, Darth Vader and Princess Leia, Lando, uh, to sort of branch that continuity Canan, uh, kan- uh, the the last Padawan. Kanan. Uh, sorry, Canan. Sorry, Canan, the last Padawan. Get it right. Canan, uh, the last Padawan, uh, and the animated Rebels series. Uh, it's starring it's Kanan The last Padawan. starring Canan. Uh, it's very clear that they have a very purposeful direction, and they're allowing so many other people to take a part of it their own part of it, whether it's the animated, whether it's the comics, this character, that character, everybody finds something to like and hold on to and, and make their own. No matter how many silly things people come up with in Star Wars, because there's a lot of silly to Star Wars. And I was gonna actually Jawas, on- the Jawas music. Everybody remembers the do 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 I mean it seems so out of place with this great galactic war, but it's not.
0: Um, That's what I mean by the juxtapositioning of the micro and the macro, because you have this large galactic war and then you have Ewoks. You have this large galactic space battle and then you have Jawas. You have this phenomenal cast of people having shootouts and such, and then you have the anguish of 3PO and R2D2. You know, it's up and down. It is constantly, look at this enormous thing. Look at this little thing. Look at this enormous thing. That's why I, I know no matter what the movie is, I'm going to like BB-8.
1: Oh, BB-8. Everybody wants a BB-8. Um, I can want make a BB-8. It. You can make BB-8. That is that is true. However, let's be honest. As much as I love BB-8, as cool as he is for the new third generation droid, I um, He's a cash grab. He's a cash grab. Well, okay. The, the cross right, right, lightsaber bro. is a cash grab. No, 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 no. I got I to gotta get this out. No, no, because, no,
0: because you're saying it's a cash grab. I think all of it essentially
1: is a cash grab because they spent how much? Oh, God. Uh, to buy the franchise rights, the IP from Mr. Lucas, it was something like uh, just over four billion dollars. In cash and. Which
0: Lucas gave to charity. We forgive
1: you, Lucas. Uh huh. Yeah, he, he still gets that back. I'm not feeling bad for him. Um, four billion, half in cash and half in stock options for Disney, so he's, he's never going to be poor. Um, and they're dumping something like four to five hundred million just in his first movie alone. It's almost five billion dollars for one episode.
0: Wait wait wait, you mean you mean like one billion dollars?
1: No, I mean five billion. How? So if they paid Lucas four point five billion, something like that. Oh yeah, you're right. And the making of the movie with four hundred million and it was closer to five hundred plus million, but yeah, like they're getting they're almost about to hit that five billion dollar mark really easy.
0: But that wasn't just for one movie, because let's be honest, the amount that they're spending on this movie is basically to advertise the potential for all other movies to follow. They want this movie to be so good. They want this movie to be so great. They want this movie to be across the board loved so well that people will blindly go and watch him just because it's Star Wars from this point without a single doubt in their mind. They're it's, not paying this it, amount of money just because they want it. still Campbell, though, Mike. It because is a gamble.
1: I'm not saying if, it isn't a gamble. If the first one tanks, they put all this money and they don't necessarily recoup it further down the line. And then so, they summarily execute JJ Abrams. I understand. It's just JJ. Um, yes, that is a lot of pressure to put on JJ Abrams. And I think it's kind of messed up. But you know what? Somebody's got somebody's to gotta sit under the sword of Damocles, and it might as well be Abrams. Um, he's not also, he succeeds, by the way, good for him. He's also not the only director. Um, he's also a part writer in this as well. And he's. there's going to be other directors and writers involved in this. Didn't he bring the
0: guy from Empire Strikes Back into this?
1: Yes, he did. See? Um, but that's kind of the point. It's like no one person is going to sit with all of this on their shoulders. Does everybody feel pressure for it? Absolutely. But it's not just Abrams. Um, everybody's going all in on this. Everybody. And Disney in particular is investing heavily into this because they're going to parlay this into comics, movies, games, T-shirts, lightsabers at the end of Christmas, BB-88s, um, keychains, okay, mugs. So, yes,
0: it's a cash grab, but it's a, nece- a necessary cash grab. And it doesn't mean that they're going for lower quality because by all intents and purposes, this cash grab is meant to be of the best quality. Yes, because for them to grab that cash, they got to make sure that people in the large amount will want to spend that cash.
1: Well, I kind of feel poor already. Um, (laughs) I personally bought into a lot of this stuff. I played the Star Wars: Old Republic game. Currently, I'm subscribing. Damn you, Star Wars! Um, I buy the comics. Subscribed? I subscribed for two months.
0: Just last, just just last episode,
1: you were like, "I haven't subscribed yet." I finally subscribed. I cracked.
0: You um, folded.
1: They're taking my money. They're taking it all over the place. I feel poor, man. It's, I'm going to buy well, the, mouse the in general. I'm going to buy the tie. I'm going to buy the the Ren and the the Killer base and all the other things. They have my money. And not only do they have my money, they're probably going to have my money for the next 10 years. Because if they're piecing this at five, you know they're going to keep it going for 10 or more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's this is big, huge money for them. They're not stopping. This is a juggernaut. This is not just, we're going to make a trilogy. This is, we want five movies. We want They're all the They're doing
0: episodic and continuously. They're going to keep going. Has there been any movie series that actually went episodic for, like, ad nauseum many episodes, like many movies?
1: The only one that comes to mind is James Bond. Oh, yeah, that's true.
0: 23 And a 24th coming right now.
1: Yeah, Spectre's going to be number 24 for them. With only one one reboot throughout all of that, and that came after the 20th movie. So, I mean, clearly there's a way to pull off a serial series like that. Um, They're probably aiming it at that specific idea. Yeah, there's a lot in James Bond. We should talk about that one day. I think we should. Um, That said, I come back to my previous statement. I think... We as fans love Star Wars because it was open enough as a sandbox to allow all of us to jump in, take it, make it our own, have a piece of it that we love, run off with it, whether it's Yoda or Ewoks or lightsabers or Jedi or it doesn't matter. Everybody has something that they love from it because it's so big and so So and universal. All in all you're saying
0: that Star Wars was just... So big, it was a large present to all of your imaginations for you to just run around and play, and everybody can have their own piece of it.
1: Yeah, it's it's a universal story, a universal idea, and everybody gets to play and be part of it. And I think that's going to continue for a very long time if they do this well. Um, I think that's yeah. why they're going to succeed.
0: I, th- I think we I think we covered this pretty well, actually. You know what 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 we love and stuff about Star Wars. I'm not going to go into what we hate about Star Wars. That's ridiculous.
1: Me, so, all, me so not going to talk about that
0: one. Yeah. All in all, I think that about covered it. Um, Star Wars is large and in charge and it, it pretty much is ruling. The, the The mouse is in the house, definitely. And he's got comics. He's got... Star Wars, he's got lightsabers, Yoda, he's got Wookiees, he's got even our superheroes, and he's not stopping because he wants to have the new age of your childhood. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because Disney did rule the yesteryear's childhood. They just said, hey, let's not ignore it anymore and get this, year's, this generation's childhood too and make, and make money off of that because that's how this is done. Look, that is how it's done.
1: It is it is done well. Um, whether it's Marvel for Disney, whether it's Star Wars for Disney, Disney's going all in on your happiness and your childhood. I said that say, might not be a bad thing. I say let him. Um I'm, I'm not disappointed so far. I know where I'm gonna be this December. I'm gonna be waiting in line a day and a half early to get good seats to watch this Star Wars movie at a midnight show. Um,
0: Star Wars this Episode seven, what happened? So I guess that's it, right? All in all, we love Star Wars, we love geek stuff, we love comic superheroes. You can't end the names to it. Escapism is our thing give a thanks to the guys at Thunderstruck Studios and the amazing band Free Kitchen for lending us their song Freak of the Week for our intro. And I'd also like to thank Adrian for being there and giving me our wonderful outro. Thank you. You guys know who you are. Oh yeah, anytime you can, Check check out Thunderstruck Studios and any page you can find Free Kitchen on. They are amazing. See ya.
1: Y'all later. Ladies-